0: Wow. Said, we'll Europe is us with Dino.
1: Europe is us, but who are we? Stay with us, and you'll find out. I'm Dino, a Slovenian journalist working at Euronet Plus, a radio network bringing you this podcast. Today's topic, gender gap. Today's guest, Belle de Jong, a content creator focusing on mental health, women's rights, and current affairs from the Netherlands, but living and working in Brussels. Belle, tell us more about yourself, please.
0: So, I'm Belle, I'm a journalist, and I'm currently working in Brussels. I'm 22 years old and I studied communication studies with international relations when I was living in Malta. And originally I'm from the Netherlands, so now I'm closer to home again in Belgium. So yeah.
1: So you've changed some environments. You're from the Netherlands, you worked in Malta for some time and you're now working in Belgium. Did you notice any differences when it comes to wages between the genders or is that a taboo?
0: um to be honest i wouldn't know and i think this is something we should be talking about a lot more especially as we're workers like we are employed so we should be talking about our wage a lot more than we do um i think anywhere it's kind of a taboo like maybe the netherlands people are very direct and like more open-minded about like talking about anything so for example if someone comes to your apartment you can just ask like how much rent do you pay or like how much money do you make you know like it's more accepted but even there people don't really talk much about their income like finances are not something you discuss with anyone like maybe your friends but you know um in Belgium I feel like we don't at all in Malta we just complain about how little we make but I think there isn't a lot of transparency regarding salaries in general and especially as I was working as a freelancer like you really have to dig deep to kind of find what rates you should be charging and you have to kind of try and, and see like okay I've definitely undercharged here I could have asked a lot more but then if you ask too much it will be like okay I lost the client there because they didn't think it was worth it or they found someone cheaper so it's kind of like you have to guess around and like find your way and kind of see how you value yourself, but then also see what the competition is like. And I feel like there isn't a lot of transparency on this. So even when you have colleagues, like most of the time, I think employers try to pay per position. Um, But I know there are companies where you just get paid based on your negotiations. So it really depends.
1: As you said, pay wages should be discussed, and I'm glad that we can during the European Year of Youth and also through this Europe is Us podcast discuss topics that otherwise maybe wouldn't be on the agenda. Religion also influences the positions of genders. The vast majority of Maltese are Catholic. Did you notice any influence of religion on the treatment of women there?
0: Oof. <clears throat> I think it is very, very, very ingrained in Maltese society and Maltese culture that women still take the caring role and women don't really go to make a career because why else would you get a husband, you know? Um, Or why else would a husband get a wife if she's not taking care of the children and the house and and doing these things? And I think it's changing in our generation. Like, of course, most of my friends are planning to, you know, they're studying. Um, There are actually more girls in university than uh, guys, which is interesting. but it's it's there's a lot of change to be made whereas i think if i compare it to like the netherlands or belgium it's way more normal to see like um women in like higher positions or like running businesses or you know really going for their career instead um although lately like a few months ago malta did introduce a quota in parliament so i think it has to be like the same amount of men and women in parliament right now, which was very controversial, like not everyone agreed with that, which I understand there's like a lot of different sides to it, but um, they're they're moving forward, you know.
1: In our regular section, The Watchdog's Perspective, we look at different topics from the perspective of a journalist. Today's comment was sent to us by Amay Southberg from the Netherlands, Lake Bell. We're jumping from Belgium to the Netherlands to hear what Amee has to say on the gender gap.
2: Even though a lot of women are getting more and more degrees, more and more education and training and experience, that is not really reflected in the workforce yet. On the entry levels, yes, I would say there's a good mix And whichever conference or extra training or extracurricular activities I've attended, there's always an overrepresentation of women. But that really doesn't work through yet uh, when it comes to senior positions, mostly in in journalism, for example, there's really a lot more white men than women of any kind. um, But also in politics, most senior positions always seem to be filled by older men. Honestly, I'm hoping over time that this will be resolved because maybe it's just a question of seniority uh, and it's an upwards battle. So I do think um, there might still be progress to be made in the future in that regard. Um, But I do think maybe positive discrimination or the incentivization of of, uh, of hiring women rather than men in these positions might still really be able to make uh, a difference in closing that gender gap.
1: And from the Netherlands back to Malta and Belle's experiences there. Malta's abortion law dates from the 1850s. Have you experienced it?
0: Yeah, (laughs) unfortunately, yes. Um, So Malta is the only country in the European Union where abortion is completely banned. It's illegal in every case, even if it's rape, even if it's the case that the mother's life is gonna, she's gonna lose her life, you know. So even in the case that a woman would die if she had to give birth, they won't do an abortion, um, which is one of the worst abortion laws in the entire world. And um, I actually did have to have an abortion when I was living in Malta, which was very unfortunate. I was 21, I think. And I got pregnant. I didn't want to be. It wasn't the plan. And so luckily I'm from the Netherlands, so I knew that I could go there fairly easily even though it was during covid so it was a bit you know complicated still but at least i had like the the language and the context and like the support and the healthcare like insurance to actually go to the netherlands but yeah i know that even though for me it was relatively easily i mean you still have to leave the country for a medical procedure which is pretty insane um, a lot of women don't have that. They are Maltese and they're kind of stuck in the country they are. And if they do want an abortion, they have to go to Italy or the UK or Germany or, you know, some place they've never been before. And with a the language they probably don't speak, and they have to pay a lot of money for it. Which for me, I luckily didn't have to because in the Netherlands it's free. Um, so yeah. It's very, very complicated and there are a lot of organizations trying to help these women, even with uh, abortion pills that they can order from abroad or helping them fund to go abroad if it's too late for the pills or if they want like another procedure. But yeah, a lot to be done.
1: few personal questions for you all right we do these every time they tend to be the toughest what's your favorite memory
2: oh my god my
0: favorite memory it has to be like i think my memory is a bit messed up as well like i don't remember much from my childhood but when i was 19 i went on exchange in university to melbourne in australia And it was just the best period of my life. Like I made the best friends. I went to all of these festivals. Like, and I think one of like the most wholesome times was, (laughs) which is actually crazy. Like, I still can't believe it happened. But we were on a road trip somewhere like outside of Melbourne. And we went to this island and there was like a national park with animals, like all kinds of animals. So it's like kind of It has, like, gates around it, but it's huge. So it's kind of like a wild park kind of thing. And there were a lot of, like, weird, like, Australian animals, like emus and kangaroos, obviously. And it was pretty busy. We were just walking around. And then at some point, we were like, let's just go around the corner. There were some trees, and we're just going to sit in the shade for a bit because it was boiling hot. And we went there, and there was, like, this massive family. And this sounds insane. Like, I still can't believe it happened. Like, this massive family of kangaroos. And they were just chilling there and they just kind of let us sit there with them. (laughs) And we were literally just like me and like my four best friends, just sitting among a family of kangaroos in the middle of Australia, like in the heat, trying to cool down. And it was so incredible. Like they were super friendly. They were just chilling around, like no big deal, you know, and kind of coming up to us to see what we were, but then also just leaving us again. Um, Yeah, that was really, really nice, (laughs) really wholesome.
1: I think this one might be the best one yet. What is your worst fear?
0: <clears throat> this can be interpreted on so many levels. So many levels. I'm afraid of snakes. That's one. Like, I'm really afraid of how they slither. Like, I don't think a snake should be able to move. It, just, it doesn't function. Um, I'm also really afraid of being buried alive. So there's that. And I think the most rational thing is just living a boring life. Like, I re- I'm really afraid. I know I won't, so like, it's not like an actual fear, but I'm afraid of it somehow.
1: <laughs> and what is your biggest wish?
0: I mean, maybe it's a bit straightforward just to make the most out of life. Like whatever that means for me at any point in time surely it will be different from now in like 20 years but as long as I know I've done the most I could or enjoyed it the most I could and kind of done as much good for the people around me or like the world and you know tried many new things and see what I like figure out what I don't like see what makes me happy and yeah just experience as much as I can I think that's it
1: In our regular section, The Voice of Gen Z, we present voices of youth from all over Europe. This time we won't be going far from myself, from Ljubljana, Slovenia. Thea Jart is a freelance trainer and facilitator and president at trade union Youth Plus in Slovenia. According to her, young women in particular are often targeted in job advertisements.
2: The advertisements themselves are sometimes written for one gender only, even though that the law says that they have to be neutral and accessible to all genders, some companies still rather want to have a female waitress, librarian or seller. On the other hand, we can see that for more technical works men are preferred. That is where women feel a discrimination, contempt and doubts about their ability to work in these fields.
1: Not long ago, the Queen Elizabeth II died. It was quite interesting to follow your opinion on your social media accounts on her standpoints. So, to reach equality, it is not enough to only have a women in positions of power, much more is needed. Would you agree?
0: Yes, um, for sure. I think for me, like a lot of people have told me when I criticized their uh, mourning of the queen or their respect for the queen, which, I mean, of course, you should be respectful when someone dies. But a lot of them told me she was like a feminist icon. And I'm thinking, was she really? Because I think she just did things in a time where women weren't allowed to do many things, but she was the queen. So she kind of had to, it was her, it was her job, you know? Um, I think she just did things that only men did at that time. And not in a, like, feminist, revolutionary kind of aspiring to change things way, but in a way where she was born into the role and she just had to do it. And I know that a lot of people respect her for that. And especially if you grew up around that time, like, if you're around the same age and if you weren't born, like, in her last 20 years of her life, like, surely you can relate a lot. And, like, she was an icon, but she is also the symbol and actually the representation of British colonialism and the things that have happened for the British empire to exist are beyond insane, like beyond insane, besides like stealing land, murdering out local people, um, just generally disrespecting and like stealing their culture, like suppressing anyone who is natively from the area. These things you can't really accept, no? I feel like we're not speaking about this enough. Like I don't even learn about it in school. It's like our period of where we like colonized Indonesia and stuff wasn't called like colonization or like colonialism. It was called travelers and explorers. We were just traveling and exploring. Like, no, 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 no. We went to different countries, we murdered everyone, we enslaved the people that stayed alive. We like raped their wives we did their land and their stuff and like everything they had we put our own systems of power in place and then we said this is ours now that's not very polite is it
1: So whoever didn't know, we have an EU gender equality strategy that presents policy objectives and actions to make progress by 2025 towards a gender equal Europe. As one of the first deliverables of the strategy, the Commission proposed binding pay transparency measures on the 4th of March 2021. We discussed the importance of pay transparency with Bell earlier, but it's not enough. Tabji, G, a rather dangerous influencer, is shaping the minds of young men with his aggressive approach. How dangerous are people like him, Bell,
0: Like, if you're a young man, like, growing up, or young guy growing up, and you're not going to be able to live the way your parents or your granddad, your dad did, you kind of have to give meaning to it yourself. Um, and I think that's kind of the development that's going on, so that a lot of young boys or, like, young men are in a situation where they're not sure who to look up to anymore and it's very easy to fall into this kind of pit of very overly toxic like women hating men that just preach the things that these boys want to hear and kind of have a successful life with money and cars and like women and whatever and it's like ah, that looks fun like maybe we should just listen to their advice and I think that's not really where we're meant to be going at this point. (laughs)
1: Bell, thank you very much. And to our listeners, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen to what we have to say because Europe is us.